Welcome to another edition of The Greater Work, the audio outreach of Christ Worker Ministries. Listen in as experienced employee and minister, Sean Gibson brings biblical insights to help you worship God both in and with your labor. Now, let's get to work. Welcome to the Greater Work Podcast as we're discussing sexual temptation in the workplace. Now, from the get-go, in no way will we be criticizing you or being judgmental of you if you have a less-than-perfect sexual history. Listen, we all have things that the blood of Jesus has to cover, and that is frankly what makes His grace and His mercy so powerful. Now, if you're listening there and you say, well, my sexual life is full of integrity and I've never had any issues before, I want to give you a warning because I love you. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12, so that the one who thinks that they're standing firm should be careful not to fall. Again, the reason I bring that scripture up is because in the previous podcast, I referred to a study that said that 85% of all affairs, they will begin in the workplace. Now, this includes anything from a manager to a coworker or even a client. The facts are is that the workplace provides us with an opportunity to not only do our work, but it also gets us around other people where we're forming professional relationships. And in some instances, these relationships can turn into something romantic. Of the 85% of those that confessed infidelity in the workplace, 73% of those said that their affair first began with an emotional connection, or as we'll call it, an emotional affair. Simply put, an emotional affair, it's a relationship with someone other than your spouse where you're investing both personal and private emotions that should only be reserved for your spouse. Now, there are some signs that you're involved in an emotional affair, and I want to go through what some of those signs are. First, you're sharing things with that other person in your workplace that you haven't shared with your spouse. Next, you may be confiding in that other person about intimate details of your relationship troubles. Another sign is that you become more detached and emotionally disconnected from your partner. Unfortunately, handshakes, they may have turned from hugs into caressing. Another thing is that you think about that other person all the time. And as a result, the next one is you're less intimate with your partner. Unfortunately, another characteristic here that you're engaged in an emotional affair is that you're lying to your partner about that relationship with that other person at work. And you're also comparing that person in your workplace to your spouse. Another indicator that you're engaged in an emotional affair is that you've begun fantasizing romantically and even had dreams about your coworker, your boss, or that client. As a result, another point is that you're hiding and deleting texts, emails, and even social media messages on your phone, your tablet, or your computer. And then unfortunately, the last one here is you become defensive and even sensitive when your partner questions your integrity about your relationship when it comes to that other person in the workplace. Now listen, if you answered yes to any of these little check marks or anything that we presented here, you've got to get honest about it. There's no condemnation here. But listen, if you're married, you are no longer on the market. You have to form all of your emotional interests with that one that you call your spouse. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 says that a husband should fulfill his marital duty with his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. Now, that term duty, D-U-T-Y, in the original Greek language means a sum of money owed. Figuratively, it can mean an obligation, which will include emotions and your sexual relationship. Now, let me be a little bit more clear on this. Every month when you receive your electric bill, 
who do you pay that bill to? Do you pay the water company for your electric bill or the gas company? No, because that specific bill is owed to the electric company. And that's the place where you will give your money. In like manner, if you're married, you are to invest your intimate emotions and sexuality only with your spouse. Anything short of that, you're in danger of committing adultery. Now, Jesus, again, is very clear about this type of thing when he said in Matthew 5, 28, but I tell you that anyone who looks on a woman or a man to lust after them has already committed adultery in their hearts. So let's talk about how you and I can practically stop uh, and biblically stop allowing an emotional affair to continue and how we can get right with God and our spouse. That first step, this is the most crucial. Admit to yourself and to God that you've crossed the line. Psalm 32 verse 5 says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you, God, and I didn't hide my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Now listen, we have to own our decisions and take responsibility for our actions. When you sin, it is you that will be held accountable for your actions. Nobody forced you to have an emotional affair with someone in the workplace. You're not a victim, so don't play that card. Step number two, take steps to distance yourself from that one that you're connected to emotionally. Now, this is a vital step in getting free from an emotional affair. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 says, Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace together with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, practically speaking, you need to distance your emotions and even yourself from that person. I had an incident with a co-worker of the opposite sex in which I had to do precisely what I'm talking about right now. Every morning as I began the workday, my entire sales team would send text messages out through the rest of our team wishing each other a good morning. Again, there's nothing wrong with doing that. However, one of my coworkers would continue our chain of text with things that were beyond the good morning. She would text me directly and ask how I was doing or how things were going with my wife. She would tell me, in time about how things were not going well with her husband and that she wished her husband would do things with her that I did with my wife. She would praise me and tell me how much she admired me, but then over time things took a turn. She began texting me more and more, and what started off as a few texts in the morning became a stream of steady text messaging throughout the day. Foolishly, I allowed it to continue for a short period of time, but thankfully the Spirit of God helped uh, me to recognize what I was doing. In this case, I had to stop replying to texts and emails from her concerning anything that was not work-related. I gave her the cold shoulder. In your case, your person that you work with, they may be in close proximity all the time, and in that case, you may need to create a physical distance with that person. Now, practically speaking, as Paul the Apostle wrote in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17, he said, separate yourself. Now, when you act in a way where you're separating yourself, you will be perceived as someone that's unloving and cold because in reality, as I mentioned before, you're giving that person somewhat of a cold shoulder. Don't worry about that person feeling rejected because doing this is Christ-like. Repeatedly, Jesus had to distance himself from those that did not do his Father's will. If you're engaged in an emotionally adulterous relationship, listen, you're not pleasing the Father. And in fact, you're distancing yourself from Christ. You have to decide whom you want to please most and then whom you want to distance yourself from. You'll either have to reject the one that you're sinning with or the God that offers you eternal life. Again, you make that decision. In some cases, the only way to break an emotionally adulterous relationship is for you to leave that job altogether. Now, if that's the case, one, I salute you, but you need to ask God to guide you 
Because frankly, no job and no compromise is worth your relationship with God. Now, the third step, and this is vital, invest in your spouse and address what is missing in your marriage. Now, if your marriage has become dull and your spouse seems more like a roommate than a lover, listen to the words from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterers. Honor your spouse like never before. Go out of your way to do your part in honoring your husband or your wife and the marriage that you're committed to. Stop saying and doing things that bring dishonor to your spouse and focus on honoring them and building them up. Likewise, it says to keep your marriage bed undefiled, or in other words, keep it free from anything that would take away from the purity of your sexual relationship. Do whatever it takes to strengthen your passion and your lovemaking with your spouse and your spouse alone. This may mean taking better care of yourself physically or focusing in on your partner's needs over your own. Having a servant's heart doesn't just happen at church. It should happen in the bedroom too. Again, if you've been engaged in an emotional affair and you can't seem to shake this and get free from it, talk to a friend, hire a professional counselor, talk with a pastor, whatever the case, allow someone else to come in and to bring help and guidance and accountability so that you can step-by-step step, make the best decisions. Now, if you've listened to this message and you're convicted in your heart that you've crossed the line emotionally with someone in your place of work, I want to pray for you. And I also want to pray for your marriage. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the one that's listening, that listened to this podcast all the way through. For the one that is checked in their spirit and they feel a sense that, yes, they have crossed that line. There's someone in their workplace where maybe they've invested a bit too much. I thank you that this word comes in a time where they're able to, again, ask for forgiveness, own their sin, and make things right before you, and then do the right thing by their spouse. So, Father, right now I pray that you'd give them the strength and the courage to stand up and do what's right. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower them, give them that sense of self-control that they need in order to overcome that situation in their workplace. And, Father, I pray that you would help them to distance themselves in a godly way away from that person that they have that unholy connection with. That other person will feel rejected, and they may give some scorn as a result. But, Father, I pray that every tongue that rises up against them will fall. Father, I also pray for the marriages of the ones listening to this right now. Marriage is not the easiest thing in the world, but, Father, it is one of the greatest blessings. And I ask that you would strengthen the marriages of the ones listening to this podcast. I pray that what has seemed to be dull can be sharpened. What has been boring and sedate, Father, I pray that you would make the passions alive Help these individuals listening to have a passionate relationship, not just with you, but also with their spouse and help them in their marriage bed. Father, I thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Greater Work, a Christ Worker Ministries podcast. The Greater Work is supported by hardworking listeners just like you. To learn more about Christ Worker Ministries and how you can become part of our growing outreach, visit ChristWorker.org.